Welcome to the Marriage Success Podcast with Dr. David Stevens. The purpose of this podcast is to highlight biblical principles for building healthy marriage and family relationships. Dr. Stevens is an author, seminar leader, and relationship coach to married couples and singles in the dating game. To learn more about Dr. Stevens, please visit marriagesuccess.org. But now, let's join Dr. Stevens for today's edition of the Marriage Success Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, David Stevens. In today's podcast, I will be interviewing Pastor Gerald Stallworth. He's the pastor of Selma Community Church in historic Selma, Alabama. We'll get started after this important announcement. Hello, this is Dr. David Stevens with your Marriage Success Moment for today. Love is patient and kind. According to 1 Corinthians 13th chapter, verses 4 through 7, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. And this is your Marriage Success Moment for today. This message was brought to you by MarriageSuccess.org. You're listening to the Marriage Success Podcast with author and seminar leader, Dr. David Stevens. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's podcast, I will be doing a telephone interview with Pastor Gerald Stallworth. He's pastor of Selma Community Church in historic Selma, Alabama. We'll be discussing the Bible-based counsel he offers married couples and single adults in the Selma area. By the way, we experienced a few audio glitches during the interview but I thought the information was so critical that I decided to release the interview anyway. So here it is, my interview with Pastor Gerald Stallworth. Pastor Stallworth, how long should you be willing to wait for someone to commit to you in marriage? A lot of times people are looking for exact time frames, and to my knowledge, there aren't any. Those are going to be questions that you have to really answer yourself. How long are you willing to wait? And then why are you waiting? Uh, Are you waiting because the other person is in the military? They have some type health issues and they are trying to be healed first. Are they in college? Are they trying to finish a degree? Are they moving from one place to the next? Are you planning on a, a big wedding and you wait until you get X amount of dollars saved up? So those are decisions that you have to make for yourself. But now if you're talking about waiting because the person is coming up with some lame excuses, like, well, let's just wait until this time. Let's just wait. And there is no real substance or structure to it. Then you you need to reconsider that because there should be, if you're going to wait, there should be some specific legitimate reasons why you are waiting Mm. and not just waiting. (laughs) 
In other words, why are we waiting, you know? (laughs) I've heard a lot of stories about people being engaged for 10, 12, 15 years. And sometimes it seems like they're content and happy with just being called a fiance. And that's about the uh, extent of the commitment. But basically what it seems like you're telling me is that every situation is different. And sometimes people have legitimate reasons. Uh, Other times people sound like more like excuses. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. And when, when and you have to be on the same page. I mean, if you're being open and honest with you, with each other, and again, you know this person is in the military, you know this person is in a transition on their job, and they say, let's wait until we this is more stable, then those are a legitimate reasons that you can pretty much document. It's not just somebody saying, wait until I get ready. Good point. Let's say, for instance, you got a person who has been waiting a long time. Do you think it's appropriate or advisable for them to maybe see other people while they're waiting? Because they say, well, I'm not married, so what's wrong with me seeing somebody else? That's uncertainty on that person's part because, again, you're dealing with relationships, deal with your emotions, uh, and you can become emotionally uh, attached to someone else and and even if the other person, that the first person that you were with comes back and say, okay, I'm ready now, now your feelings have shifted somewhat mm. because you have, because you were trying to play the field or, or thought you could, you know, handle both of them. Oh, I know when, I know when there's enough. I know, I know how to back <laughs> away, but you're dealing with somebody dealing with your own feelings as well as this other person's feelings, as well as the one that you thought you were waiting on. Yeah. And that, that's too much. Uh, we're we not, we're strong. God made us strong, but he also gave us wisdom. Good point. So what you're saying is that even though you may have a quote unquote freedom and opportunity because you are not officially married, be very cautious about seeing other people. Absolutely. I mean, because no one can really tell about the other person's commitment in a relationship. But you have to make that own determination for yourself. How committed are you? Because when we do the traditional wedding violence, sickness and health, ritual, poor, better or worse, but now you are putting conditions while you're waiting as well. And I'm not going to wait too long. I'm not going <laughs> to wait forever. If somebody else come along and offer me. So, so you may be you may have your Christmas list of what you want. <laughs> and all Christmas lists are never always fulfilled. What about this then? There are some people who uh, have the attitude that say, I can see somebody if I want to because I'm not married to them. They don't want to get married, so I can see who I want to. Do you think a conversation like that should be had on the front end when a person has been in a long-term waiting period when they say, well, we're going to get married one day? What about talking about and coming to terms and agreement on what they should do? Well, those are things obviously that you should talk about because everybody needs to be open. Everybody needs to be honest. If, if I were dating someone and they would have come to me and said, hey, look, I, I desire to be married, but I don't plan on dating nobody or dating you for no six months or no year and there is no commitment, I'm going to find somebody else, then I probably would very strongly reconsider that relationship because they've already put some stipulations out there that I may not be able to meet. And not only not me, am I willing for someone that I may be physically attracted to, emotionally and spiritually and everything else, but they are telling me that that I may not be who they want. Wow. 
in the Song of Solomon, where it talks a lot about love, is that you don't stir it up before it's time. So you don't go out here, again, messing with people's emotions and feelings just to see if you're going to get lucky, just to see if you go one day, yeah, I'm going to get the one I want, but I, I want somebody to be committed to me, but I'm not willing to make a commitment to nobody. Well, you know, what comes to mind when you talk about that is that I think one mistake many young people make is falling in love with the idea of getting married and prematurely commit to marrying someone when they have not had an opportunity to grow and mature in some areas that are really quite needed when it comes to being uh, happily married. It's almost like prematurely saying, "Okay, yeah, let's get married. But deep down inside, they're still looking around. They're still playing the field. They're still interested in all these other people. So they're requiring to commit with somebody before they're willing to make that same level of commitment. What about the trust issue? Those folks who have decided we're going to get married and then the man or the, or the woman decide to start seeing somebody else secretly. What happens in a relationship when trust is broken? How should the person who is the innocent party, how should they respond? Well, one, you don't pretend. The trust has been broken. Uh, you don't ignore it. You confront it. You deal with it. You, you don't have to be belligerent. Uh, you don't have to be aggressive, but you have to speak the truth. And you need to make sure you have your facts. You don't want to go out and accuse somebody of doing something wrong based on what the little bird said. You okay. want to make sure that you have factual information because if you come at somebody who has been faithful or is faithful to you and you go, you attack them, slandering them or falsely accusing them, then now they go, well, what more can I do? I didn't do anything. I don't know who gave you that information, but it was wrong information. And I know people say that all the time, but I'm talking about the truth now. I'm not talking about assumptions. You just can't keep railing at somebody over and over and over again and then think they're going to sit there and act like there's nothing wrong. Yeah, sometimes relationships are actually destroyed at that point because the innocent party who was being accused of so many things become disheartened and just feel like they can't measure up and they just kind of walk away. I have seen occasions where the person who was making the accusations was actually the guilty party. And it was almost like they were trying to cover up what they were doing or they were paranoid because they know they were doing dirt. Now they suspect that their partner is doing the same thing. Well, you know, that's some of the things that we hear. Well, you know how men are. Again, you know, men are dogs. You know how women, I know women, I know men. And I'm like, now you bringing all these other folks' drama into our relationship. <laughs> based on their hurt and their pain or their lifestyle that you don't know nothing about. But now they put all that on you. And it's like, wait a minute. No, let's just deal with us. Let, let, let's just keep this between us. And we, we go back again to uh, another scripture, Proverbs, when it talks about a virtuous woman. And it clearly said, the Bible said that the heart of her husband safely trusts her. He's not peeping around the corner. Yeah. He's not trying to track her on his cell phone. He's not trying to go back and read text messages or emails because, again, she's so committed to that relationship. Yeah. Most importantly, her relationship with God is a priority. Yeah. And when that relationship is working, then the other relationships going to fall in line. But if that relationship with God is not genuine, <laughs> then you will listen to a whole lot of other outside influences. You will let the devil put thoughts in your mind. But, you know, you bring something to mind here when you... Uh 
say that all these people talking and you're letting people tell you what's going on with your mate. Sometimes people who are talking, their motive is impure. Their motive is impure and they really are trying to destroy your relationship. Sometimes it's jealousy. Sometimes, quite honestly, they may want the person that you already have. And that's really unfortunate if a couple falls into that predicament and they're not really sure who they should trust. When you go back and you read the Song of Solomon, of course, I suggest you read the whole book. It's only eight chapters. But when you read down in chapter five, I believe it's where the, the husband had walked away and she she missed him and she she was trying to play hard to get, or I don't really feel like being bothered with you right now, but I know I love you. My heart is racing just to hear you, your voice and all this. Well, when the man walks away, she goes outside looking for him. And she asks other women, she said, if y'all see my beloved, tell him I am lovesick. And they turn around and ask her, basically, what's so special about him? He ain't no better than nobody else. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, what about this then? Should adults have dating rules and guidelines if they want oh, to maintain a Christian relationship? Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you're just going out to, to dinner with someone and your know, marriage is not in the picture, you know, it's just, hey, here's somebody that I like to go out and eat with or we go to the movie, then uh, you don't have to worry about too many rules or guidelines because there is no ulterior motive there. It's just like we sit down and eat, that's it. But now if you know that you are looking for a husband or looking for a wife, and yet and still you know that you don't want to do anything to damage your relationship uh, with God, then that's when you respectfully talk to each other. Hey, look, I'm attracted to you. Hey, but I don't want to fall. Hey, I'm human. I, I can get in the flesh. I don't want to do anything that's going to cause shame or embarrassment to you. And I don't want to do anything that's going to bring shame or embarrassment to myself and most importantly unto God. And when the two get together and openly, honestly say they have feelings, now they need to sit down. Now, what are we going to do to maintain self-control? Not ignore and say they don't exist, but how are we going to deal with it? One of my friends told me years ago, uh, uh, he was not mayor, but uh, his wife was from, a, uh, or his fiance was from another state, and sometimes they would drive to me. And I didn't ask them that personal information. Gerald, this is what we'll do. So we'll drive, we'll stay in a hotel, she will get her room, and I will get my room. And whenever we meet, we're going to meet down either in the lobby or going out somewhere because we didn't want to give in to our flesh. Wow. So they used their guidelines. That worked for them. Yeah. And good old Mary and Joseph. They were traveling together. But Joseph did not know Mary until after Jesus was born. Yeah. There had to be a lot of self-discipline there. Yeah. A lot of guidelines there. Yeah. For them to maintain their purity. Yeah. And still be in love with each other. Please pardon the interruption. But that's all the time that we have for today's podcast. But Pastor Stallworth has a lot more to say on this subject. So you'll get to hear part two of our discussion in our next podcast. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you would like to hear Dr. David Stevens in person, he conducts seminars and does keynote speaking for special events. Dr. Stevens is currently offering a free seminar to churches in the metro area of Birmingham, Alabama. 
This free seminar can be tailored to address the needs of couples, singles, and manhood mentoring events. To book a free seminar at your church, please visit marriagesuccess.org for more information. When you visit the website, you can purchase books by Dr. Stevens, which include Master Keys to Marriage Success, Manhood Challenge, and Dating Game Pitfalls. To book a free seminar or to purchase ebooks and paperbacks by Dr. Stevens, please visit marriagesuccess.org. You can also reach Dr. Stevens by email at dstevens at marriagesuccess.org. Thanks again for joining us on today's podcast. And remember, love can last a lifetime.